0: love. I'm not a robot without emotions. I'm not what you see. I've come to help you with your problems so we can be free. I'm not a hero. I'm not a savior. Forget what you know. I'm just a man whose circumstances Beyond his control. It's episode three, season four of Rabbit's Love. Domo arigato, Mr. Mr. Roboto. Domo. Domo. I
1: love love that Mr. (laughs) Robito.
0: What a guy.
1: (laughs) This week on the show, our theme is robots. Robots. We got Robots. Um, I'm. We should have started with some dubstep because I do think of dubstep as robot farts. But I appreciate a sticks reference because that is more on the nose.
0: Secret, secret, (laughs) secret is robots can be
1: sexy. You didn't know already. Apparently, (laughs) yeah. So I, I'm going to tell you about my book this week, Renee. Hit me! I am, I'm ready. So my book was called The Plus One, by Sarah Ooh. Archer, and it's an actual paper copy of a book that I found at a bookstore, and I just thought, hmm, this might be interesting for the old potty, so I picked it up. And um, it is. It was published in 2019, and as always, check out our socials to see the cover. It's actually a quite pleasant cover. And what is I only realized in retrospect is. Kind of looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was never good at math or science, so you'll see it is not me, but it definitely could pass as me. She's wearing a blonde, messy bun with some yellow shoes. It could be me, is what I'm saying. It
0: could be Scarlett Johansson. It we might never be. know.
1: <laughs> so, Sarah Archer, this is her first book, but cool. you will love this, Renee. She works as a longtime comedy writer. Yeah. Uh. My people. Right? And she's written for, uh, I don't know, a show called House. A movie called... Pardon? Yeah. Like, House. Like... House House. House House. And the movie Girl's Trip, which is incredible. Um, nice. And so this is her first book. She looks to be pretty young, honestly. Um, and I'm going to read you a passage later that is specifically, it's not like helpful to the plot or anything, but gives you an example of how funny it is. This is probably, hmm, no, I think definitely the first book we've read in the podcast that is funny and not ironically so. So like when we read like with Slorp, um, you know, and it's like meant to be sort of funny and like a laughing at the jaw kind of a way, this was just like straight up taking itself seriously, but still very, very funny. So here's the deal. Her name's Kelly. Kelly's 29 years old and she's a robotics engineer working at the robotics company in Silicon Valley called Automated Human Industries. And they are on a mission to build robot companions because they know that boomers are aging and that elder care is a huge issue and a huge issue uh gap right like people are struggling yeah. to find elder care we've seen this in canada as well so this company is trying to race to the market and it's basically uh hugely competitive because everyone sees that this is a huge money maker so kelly's really smart i mean she's a robotics engineer she is really really good at her job she loves her job But she doesn't really fit in with the rest of her family. She has a brother that has triplets and is married. She has a sister that's about to get married. Her mom owns a bridal shop and uh, is obsessed with weddings. And the family is obsessed with the fact that her sister's getting married and Kelly doesn't have a date. And she this family has it in their minds that showing up alone to a wedding is like social suicide, which I mean, could not disagree more. But so she, you know, is crushing it at work, but in her private life being told that she's basically a loser because she doesn't have a partner. So she keeps being set up on these dates and they just go terribly. um, And meanwhile, at work, she's really, really trying to build this companion robot to market first, Um, So they can set the standard. They can set the standard rate uh, and also frankly get the like prestige of being like, I invented this thing and the stress of it is really getting to her and the stress of her family Breathing down her neck and making her feel inadequate. Not great So she tries online dating literally can't find a single match. She goes out to a bar It's just an absolute mess and her mom is like look You need to bring someone. You can't show up alone. You need to bring someone. So finally she just blurts out, I did meet someone. And her mom's like, oh my God, what's he like? He's great. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ethan. And then she's like, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck, I made up this person. Now I got to find somebody. So then she thinks, okay, this is just going to get my mom off my back and kind of buy me some time. But then the mom is really asking a lot of questions. And now she thinks, oh, fuck, I painted myself into a corner. So she literally dreams That she can make a man. (laughs) And she's like. Well I'm a a robotics engineer. I'm trying to build a companion. For the company. So why don't I just like. Steal a couple parts from the old lab. Build myself a dude. And then I'll just bring him to the wedding. And then la di da. My family gets me the fuck alone. And then I'll just like deactivate him. When the wedding's done. And be like oh yeah we broke up. But at least it would just get my mom off my back. And Frankly, make me feel a little bit more accepted by my family. So it's on the the surface, it's like I just want to shut my mom off. But really, it's like I just want to feel adequate to my family. That even though I have this incredibly successful career, it's just not enough for them. So she wakes up the next day and is like, "I dreamt of that. That's weird. That didn't happen." But nope, nope. She <laughs> goes into the living room and there is Ethan at the computer. Which I'm like, is that masturbation? I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he like he's like I can't go out and get you any flowers because I don't have any money but here are some flowers that I made for you on the computer and she's like oh my god this is great so then she decides okay I'm going to test this out and decides to bring him to the grocery store and see if anyone notices and nobody does he just looks and sounds like a regular person so then it just emboldens her to lean the fuck in so she does and treats this guy (laughs) like her boyfriend and her friends love him and her family loves him and she feels like oh my god i might finally have my family's approval but she starts falling for the robot because he is absolutely perfect she made him perfect physically she gave him the memory of google so he knows everything he's very sweet uh so she bangs the robot. Now, disappointingly, it's kind of like a, it cuts to black situation. So I don't know how she bangs the robot, but she definitely wakes up the next morning like Ooh, awkward. And then he was like, that was lovely. And she's like, thanks. But then she just keeps leaning into this lie. And then her mom is kind of like, oh, you know, like, you seem really into this guy, um, but I don't know much about him. And then her one friend, Priya, is like, yeah, like he seems to be going pretty fast. And she's like, uh, we're engaged, it's real love, and then realizes, oh no, now I have to. So she has to go to the store and buy herself an engagement ring, and then talks to and Ethan is like, that looks like an engagement ring. And she's like, Yeah, we just have to pretend. And he's like, Why pretend? Let's get married. <sighs> so she falls for him, but she's also torn. Because frankly, she wants to brag about how awesome her robot is and how she made it on her own and how she's, you know, could submit him as an example of a prototype to be able to get these massive contracts to build these companion dolls and companion robots. And so she's feeling really torn between her ego of wanting to be like, my job here is done. Look at Ethan. But also then would have to admit that she's been dating a robot and passing him off as a person. so like really painted herself in the corner so then um she's super stressed still trying to build a companion robot to meet this deadline that's not going super well because she's balancing all of these things and then meanwhile her lab partner at work is also an ex-boyfriend of hers oh no and he notices that things have been missing around the laboratory and because he's always trying to undermine her, because he's bitter that she broke up with him, he decides to paint a picture on the inter on the computer, however that works, like draw up, I guess, um, what all those pieces together would look like and realize oh, it's Ethan. So then he approaches her and says, I know you stole the chunks in the lab, and that Ethan is the result. And she's like, No, it isn't. And he's like, Yes, it is. And she's like, Yeah, it is. <laughs> And then he's and she, he's like, I'm going to go tell. I'm going to tell and you're going to lose your job and you're going to look like a big old loser. And she's like, no, oh. don't. And he's like, or you could stop building a companion for yourself and you could build one for me. And then I could get all the credit for having done it. And she's like, are you blackmailing me? And he's like, sure am. Which like I kind of appreciate when someone's just like overt <laughs> with their evil. So yeah. The stress causes her to delay her own work and she needs a robot for this big conference where all of these investors are going to come. And so the moment comes and she puts this prototype forward and it gets stuck on a loop where it just goes, hi Kelly, how are you? Hi Kelly, how are you? And she starts sweating bullets realizing, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm blowing it. And then just says, fuck it and calls Ethan up on stage and is like talking about how great he is and then someone literally heckles from the audience yo we know he's a catch what's the point and then she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like fuck it and then just like takes his shirt off and is like he's actually a robot I built him and her boss is horrified initially until the audience is like whoa and just blown away thinking that this was all a ruse that she was you know The investors just think, oh, she was pretending with this one shitty prototype and then pulls out the big guns. But everyone else around her is like, uh, what the fuck, Kelly? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a massive professional success. And her boss is like, don't like your methods, but hey, it worked. Gets a corner office, gets the contract, gets the respect, is seen as a leader in her industry. Her family is shocked and initially a bit weirded out, but then realized like, wow, you must be really fucking good at your job because we spent like three months with this guy thinking he was a real person. So like, you're obviously very talented, go live your life. And the confidence of having a partner and feeling loved and feeling seen and feeling validated, things that she did not get previously, emboldens her to say, you know what, Ethan, I'm just going to le- let you go. And he's like, you know what, do that. I'm going to go and be a prototype for other people. And then she has the confidence to put herself back out there and then starts dating the end. Oh my God. That's so lovely. Yeah. So I'm still processing how I feel about it because it was very, very well-written. It was very funny. I would say largely the dialogue with her siblings and her parents was like super funny Um, I mean, it's kind of a zany premise, but I absolutely was like, this could be a movie and I could totally see it as like a cutesy rom-com that has a bit of a twist because it's not really ultimately, it's not like she lives happily ever after with this robot or with any, or like her ex. I was thinking, oh, she's going to end back up with her ex at the lab. Nope. She's just like, I now have the confidence to put myself out there and I don't have to like downplay my intelligence. And if no one could meet me there, then no one will meet me there. So uh zero genital descriptions for obvious reasons as i said um (laughs) was absolutely dying to know what this guy's dong looked like but did not get an answer to that um but i will i mean there was they did fuck even though you don't hear about it so um it does rate on the spicy scale now there's a whole detail in the book about how her favorite snack was nutella on cheez-its oh I would try it, but I'm allergic to milk, so I can have neither Nutella nor Cheez-Its. But um, <laughs> my instinct was not great, but again, I'm like, could be good. So um, she got Ethan into it. It was her like little nighttime snack attack. So I'm giving this one out of five Cheez-Its <laughs> with Nutella. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that was The Plus One by Sarah Archer. What did okay. you get up to this week, Renee?
0: So this week, Julie, I read a little something called *The Good, the Bad, and the Cyborg*. Ooh, you always get really good
1: titles for yours.
0: Well done. Thank you so much. It's from the Cyborgs on Mars series by Honey Phillips, and Honey Phillips um, has like upwards of 50 books, and they're all just as bananas sounding. Um, The book was really great, though. I will make it clear that I looked for Robocop erotica i looked for robocop x terminator fanfic i found a series about a lesbian sex car what yeah i didn't i didn't read it because the one that i wanted to read was like the third in a four-part series about this lesbian sex car um Yeah, um, so I did go with that because I was like, do I have time to read (laughs) the entire series? (laughs) So I settled on the good, the bad, and the cyborg. Now, Harriet, Harriet, Harriet has spent her life taking care of others. Her mother adopted her, and this is a bleak future, you know, the one we're living in now. This might have, this could have taken place today, but. Very Um, contemporary. Yeah. There is, you know, food shortage, pollution, like, you know, everything. And she gets a knock on her door one day. Her mother has unfortunately passed away. um, And it's from her landlord. And her landlord is hiking up her rent, even though she's in a rent-controlled building. because, Because her mother wasn't her biological mother, the lease doesn't get passed over to her. So he's, like, tripling her rent Um, and is like, you either have to pay for it or you have to leave. And she's like, well, fuck. So she goes to work at, um, it's like Gen Core or something. And her boss, Winthrop Lewis, was like this really tall, skinny guy, but like super nice. But he's the boss. He's, He's very rich. He's very privileged. He's like, Harriet, what's like, what's going on? And she's like, nothing. Like, don't worry. Like, you know, she's just an optimistic person. And he's like well, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about the loss of your mother. And he's like, thanks. And so she just kind of tells him that, you know, her rent is going up. She's going to have to leave her home. Um, She's kind of, you know, sad about it. And he says, come into my office for a second. And so she thinks she's in trouble. But actually what happens is Winthrop Lewis says, I have to go to Mars um, because our company is terraforming there. And the company wants to use me to, like, make it, you know, set a good example. Um, but because I'm not, like, a traditional guy, it would look better if I had a wife. Um, you know, you're in this predicament. I admire you. You know, you're a great worker. You're hardworking. You're, you're a lovely person. Would you marry me? And then you can come to Mars with me? He's like, I don't expect that you're going to sleep with me. He's like, but, you know, let's let's do this. And she's like, well you're really rich. So like, why aren't you? And he's just like, I don't really like the people that are in my like privilege bracket. And he's like, and frankly, they're not going to want to come to Mars and help terraform it and do all that stuff. So she thinks like, you know, okay. All right. You know? So they hop on a spaceship and they go to Mars. Now fast forward about six months. Winthrop has died. He died because, unbeknownst to um, Harry at the time that she married him, he had a heart condition, and he was deteriorating, especially after space travel. Um, he was deteriorating, but she had—they have this really great homestead. She's building it up, but Mars is like the Wild West, basically, and um, you know, it's just—it's—it's it's Mars. It's sandy. It's dirty. It, you know, but they all live in these pods. And because they're trying to terraform it, they're still 10 years away from there being, like, breathable air. Um, but she's doing her best. And so her husband has died. They were really good friends. Like, it's, it's a loss for her. She was never in love with him, and he was never in love with her. But they, they were good friends. Um, Then, as, you know, her husband has just passed away, Mr. Quilby shows up. And Mr. Quilby is a piece of shit. And he's like, oh, hello, Mrs. Lewis. Um... I'm taking your property away. And she's like, you actually can't do that. And he's like, no, I can. Um, because your husband's dead and the property belonged to him and he's dead now. And you know, you, it doesn't belong to you. So you gotta leave. And she's like, we'll just see about that. And he's like, well, you can go work at the brothel. And he's like, I'd like to get my hands on you. So this, you know, he's a piece of shit, uh-huh. right? Okay. He's the big bad here. He's gross. um, so she's like, no, 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 we'll see about that. So she runs into town and she sees the like solicitor of the estate and all that. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, your husband did all the paperwork before he passed away. And it says here that for you to keep the title on the land, you need to have a partner on the land. And she's like, partner. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, it doesn't say like man or woman or and he's like, no, no, just a partner. So she's like, okay. So she sums up her courage and she runs over to the bar and she's like, I need a partner. And all these gross cowboy Mars cowboys are like, for what? And she's like, to keep my land, you get 50% of it after five years, but you have to come, you have to work the land. You have to live with me. And they're like, do you come with the land? And she's like, no. So finally she's like, does nobody want to do this with me? And then from the back of the room, she hears, I'll do it with you. And then, a giant cyborg steps up and he's like sup i will i'll do this with you and she's like what's your name he's like m231 and she's like but what's your name and he's like morgan gentry <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny to me. but morgan gentry is his name and morgan we find out has actually been watching harriet from afar since she arrived now he goes so far in the books to say that he was stalking her um, which i didn't i didn't love but um she was talking to him too we find out so uh, she's sort of like oh m231 okay so she brings him over to like the solicitor she's like can i have him as my partner and she's he's like yep so that day they move in together <laughs> on her farm now the cyborgs on this planet were created by the earth government and they on this planet they were there to be the original uh ones who were terraforming um but now they're rangers so they're like the, the police of this planet um now morgan cannot believe his good luck he's just like i'm gonna protect this woman with everything i've got and meanwhile she's like "He is big and he is hot and i want to get on that um and so there's a few incidents where he's just like jacking it like in the corner it's weird um but they arrive at their homestead and Morgan has a big cyborg horse they call Ghost, which I loved. Um, and he notices that there's like a rover out in the distance and people are attacking her greenhouses, and she's like, no. So he chases them off and then starts this saga where she's constantly at risk because Mr. Quilby keeps saying, like, "I want to take your land, We'll pay for it, whatever." And she's like, no. And then people are trying to attack her and get the land. And that's kind of like a lot of the book. But after like a day of living together, they are on each other. They're just like fucking. And Morgan's like, don't look at my disgusting cyborg arm. And she's like, no,
1: I love it.
0: Um, But he's got a human penis for those wondering. Um, So uh, they have to kind of unravel this mystery of like, why people want her property so badly. And it turns out that like, there's a underground luxury condo bunker being built underneath her land that her husband was a part of. Uh, But then when he had a like change of heart, they killed him. Um, Yeah. They are like, no, fuck you. Um, And then there's other cyborgs. There's Clint, who's also known as C487, who's uh, Morgan's best friend. And he's with his partner, Josephine, who's human. And then there's just a robot or a a cyborg called S756, and S756 fucking hates people. He hates human beings. Um, And we find out that actually a lot of cyborgs have this sentiment about human beings because, as it turns out, these people never volunteered to be cyborgs. They were sort of military people, and they were taken against their will and turned into cyborgs. And so, they're not treated well by the people around them, but. They were also built up by the Earth government to be like, you know, they're volunteers. They're heroes. Um, so there's a lot of like pain in the hearts of these cyborgs, including S-756, who also acts as the judge on that planet. Um, but his defenses come down a little bit and he starts to really care about um, Harriet, who um, Morgan decides to call Hattie. Mm. Which I was like, OK, yeah. Um, and she's older, like she's in her thirties, but I guess on that planet that makes her an old maid, even though there's only like a handful of women that work there. I'm just like, don't beggars can't be choosers (laughs) y'all. So anyway, um, Quilby shows up again and he like attacks Morgan once they find out about the the underground bunker and, um, Harriet shows up to save the day. And then Quilby's like, I'm going to stage it so that like she gets, she gets murdered forever and then Morgan is able to come back and, like, save the day. And then they just, like, they just keep fucking. I cannot tell you how much they fuck in this story. It's constant. <laughs> um, and uh, later, this big convoy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said your trigger. Um,
1: <laughs> I was, like, living in Ottawa. I'm, like, don't say convoy. <laughs> sorry. Um, um, a-, a murder of vans. <laughs> a murder ver- a-, a murder, ver- murder caravan
0: a murder yeah a murder of rovers of mars rovers shows up at her home um and this lady comes out like a business lady and she's like i'm so-and-so and and i'll get right to the point i want to buy your land and she's like no you can't have it she's like don't make me murder you and then out comes s 756 and all the cyborgs on the planet there to help them defend their land good bad ugly style and then they're like better get off this property. And because he's a judge, he's like, I will tie your ass up in lawsuits for the next 10 years if you don't get your ass out of here. And then Hattie's like, I will sell you a tiny patch of land to the door to your bunker, but that's it. And then they gave her a ton of money and they're great. And the epilogue is that they're having a cyborg marriage. And then Morgan's like, you know, I know I said I can't have children, but I could probably make my nanites do a thing so that they could impregnate you and she's like oh i would love that and that's how the story ends um damn. it was a, it was lovely it was like real fast paced. like there was there was a good mystery happening how long was um, it it's it about 200 pages oh damn okay i definitely sped read it because um like i told you earlier i started it this morning <laughs> Um, after my shower i was like oh you better get this done so I, I sped read it but um it was still great i really enjoyed it i would read other books in the <laughs> cyborgs on mars series um because you, you fucking you know i love a cowboy romance i know you do like, I mean, I love- cowboy ro- cowboys in romance know how to fuck they do and they do. this one has no need for air or food oh So there was definitely scenes where he just went underwater in their bathtub to eat this woman out. And I was like, good for you, sir. That is the dream. Yes. And I made a special note here because I I was trying to write down all the names of the people, but there's only one note that I wrote down besides names was that the man comes in and does chores. And that was the most erotic part of this story (laughs) because... Here's a woman who has literally took care of her mother from the age of 10 into her thirties. And then marries a wealthy man who has a heart condition and takes her to terraform another planet. And he dies. So she's literally done nothing but take care of others. And this guy comes in and he's like, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you from outlaws. I'm going to, I have money. So you don't need to even worry about like your assets being tied up. Um, Also, all I want to do is take care of you and pleasure you and worship your body. And she's like, okay and he does all those things he comes in he's like oh i'll fix the greenhouse for you oh i'll feed your chickens oh i'll wash the dishes oh i'll make he like finds a way to get coffee for her on this planet makes her coffee like the man comes in and does it all and that is why i say morgan gentry m231 for president of mars (laughs) that's what i say
1: oh i love that so are you yeah, gonna read us great, a spicy that. scene then i oh could <laughs> read
0: you a spicy scene but it's hilarious oh
1: i'm excited
0: okay all right let me just i'm gonna give him a southern accent just because because he's a cowboy um oh before i do though i i'm just going through my notes here because there was a really hilarious thing that was um described in one of the sex scenes I'm just scrolling through my highlights real fast because it was so funny, Julie. It was Tell so me. funny. There's one part one part where he says, a quick. it says a quick flick of his metal hand and her panties and bra went flying. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> how could that possibly have happened? Here we go. You ready?
1: Yep. <laughs> okay.
0: Her cunt fluttering wildly around his <laughs> cock. <laughs> my picture is
1: labia flapping in the wind. <laughs> like... Exactly. It's like there's like a hairdryer just blowing it all you off. You like dogs' jowls in like when they stick their head out the window. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's
0: exactly what I was thinking. Oh too, my right.
1: God. I could picture oh. it as a butterfly fluttering, but instead I picture flappy jowls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh
0: my God. I love that so
1: much. Yeah.
0: It was the best it was so funny um just gonna try and find my part since i had to like scroll through to find the the cunt flapping <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh this book was a delight i that's all i have to say about it sounds
1: that. like it
0: <laughs> i'm glad that i didn't speed read so much that i missed that <laughs> yeah. although i feel like if you were scrolling you'd be like oh what that would catch your eye and you'd go back 100 it. it would 100 percent I'd be like, pardon you. Pardon you. Okay. Where is it? Oh, my God. It's so funny and I cannot find it. The people are waiting,
1: Renee. I know. And it's so good.
0: Where is it? I'm sorry. This is just this is the reality of doing a podcast like this. I found it. Perfect.
1: Yeah. I'm as ready as I'll ever be.
0: Okay. Here we go. So they're um, just riding out to investigate um, what's going on in their hills. Okay. Okay. All right. So she's this is her first ride on Ghost the Cyborg Horse.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Okay. His arm tightened around her waist and he dropped a kiss on the top of her head. "'It was one of the rare, warmer days, "'and she could feel the heat of the sun on her face "'where it wasn't covered by the mask. "'They rode in contented silence for a few minutes "'before she looked over her shoulder at him. "'Can we go a little faster?' "'He didn't respond verbally, "'but Ghost immediately started to speed up. "'She laughed in delight as they began, "'cantering across the plain. "'Faster?' "'Yes!' "'Their pace (laughs) increased to a gallop. "'She's from Miami, I should just (laughs) mention "'This is better.' When you go to Mars, you get this exam. <laughs> her hair whipped around her head, and she could feel Ghost's body moving between her legs in a smooth demonstration of strength and speed. Morgan's firm, warm body pressed against her back. Despite how safe she felt in his arms, the rush of sensation thrilled her. Her nipples tightened and a demanding ache between her legs. She leaned forward, increasing the pressure against her click. Her clit. Her clit. You are aroused, Morgan's voice was dark and husky in her ear. I didn't realize it would be so exciting, she gasped. His hand moved, reaching up to pluck lightly at her nipple, adding to the thrill. Harder, she urged. The pressure increased, a spark of fire running from her breast to her clit. He pressed his other hand between her legs, rolling his fingers across the swollen nub as the hard vibration of Ghost's body rippled through her system. With a startled cry, she climaxed, pleasured. Uh, pleasurable shivers washing over her oh my she sighed slumping back against him as ghost pace slowed back down to a trot i can see why you rangers like your horses i've never had that reaction he said a little dryly as he pulled her against his massive erection but i could certainly enjoy having you along. what about you she deliberately wiggled her butt across his cock he groaned do you trust me you know i do with one easy movement, he lifted her up and turned her so that she was facing him. The sudden change of position shocked her, but she still felt safe. Dark, hungry eyes surveyed her. Do you like these pants? What? <laughs> <laughs> the question didn't make sense. Never mind, I'll get you another pair. Before she could protest, he ran a metal figure across the seam of her pants and they split open, a rush of cool air caressing her damp flesh. Her arousal started to spike again as she... As he stared down at her pussy fully exposed to him with her legs spread wide across the saddle so pretty so pink and perfect he stroked a cool finger across her naked folds groaning in approval at the slick heat that met his touch she cried out as he slid the digit inside of her the cold metal both shocking and arousing then clenched around it you're ready for me he growled oh yes hurry He freed his erection with his other hand, then lifted her hips and pulled her down over him. She clung desperately to his shoulders, the sudden shocking fullness almost overwhelming. Her breath came in rapid pants as she tried to adjust, but each step that Ghost took jolted her, forcing her further down on his massive cock. Morgan didn't try and thrust, although she could feel his hands tightening on, on her ass. He felt impossibly bigger this way, and her body quivered, trying to cope with the invasion he reached between their bodies and placed his fingers on either side of her clit exposing even more of the sensitive flesh before uh, he began rolling them up and down the light touch of thrilling contrast to the heavy weight of his cock deep inside her she hovered on the verge of climax morgan she cried desperately he morgan she cried desperately He lowered her back over Ghost's neck, the change in position putting even more pressure on her strained pussy, and began rocking into her with the same rhythm as the horse's movement. His eyes were focused on where their bodies came together, and she caught a flash of burnished metal before she felt the cool kiss of his fingers across her swollen clit. Come for me now, Hattie, now. He pressed down hard on the exposed nub, his fingers vibrating, and pleasure washed over her so completely that her vision turned white as her body convulsed helplessly in his arms. So that was a robot and a woman <laughs> fucking on a robot horse <laughs> as the horse is walking, galloping. And all I can imagine was this poor horse like looking back <laughs> like, what the fuck?
1: Also, all I kept thinking at the end was about Kate Willett has this incredible, she's a stand-up comic, and she's also a podcast, host. So she's very funny. And she has this whole bit about how obnoxious it is in porn and in real life when men are like come for me come for me she's like yeah er because every woman has been nagged to the point of climax like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so that's what i thought of but that was
0: was steamy (laughs) because it's mars and they really just you know, don't really have a national dish. I'm gonna give this five out of five. A spicy meatballs because I feel like that would be a luxury item there. Um, and the sex toy I would use is called the Koku Power Pack Finger Massager, <laughs> and it's like these cyborg fingers, fingertips you put on, and it's and then you can have like it has like this little dial, oh. um, and it goes impossibly fast. Like impo- like it would. It would dissolve a clitoris. <laughs> um, <laughs> it. it just seems right. Like it, it, it seems like that's what his fingers are made out of. So,
1: 100%. Yeah. And I didn't, um, I forgot to name what my <laughs> sex toy was. I mean, as we know, I got one out of five cheeses with Nutella. Um, but <laughs> in terms of the toy, I think just like a standard, um, like a, <laughs> like boring dildo yeah or just like you know those ones that are like it's like almost like a pile driver like it's just like a machine that will just like penetrate you back and forth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like we talked about we this were talking about yeah, last on the week. last episode yeah so that's what i would get for this one because like i don't know how freaky the sex was ethan seemed pretty vanilla so okay um I mean, he's practically a baby. Yeah, yeah. And, like, she seemed pretty vanilla and uptight, so I don't think they did anything too freaky. I think there was a lot of missionary happening here.
0: Uh, it's also, like, it's the end of the world. If you're going to get fucked by anything, oh,
1: make give it heart. be a machine. Oh, 100% yeah. 100%. yeah, for sure. So I'm not reading a spicy scene at all. In fact, I'm taking a hard left turn towards <laughs> the very chaste babysitting. Um, but just because the banter is... It's just very funny. Like it's not hysterical, but it's it's pretty funny. And that's why I think it would be like a great little like not a, I mean, I wouldn't say a mainstream movie, although, you know, that JLo Owen Wilson movie looks pretty I know you wanna see it so bad because you're always rooting for J-Lo, so but uh so Marry bad. Me seems to me like a Hallmark slash Netflix movie. So I would put it in this category of like okay. would be delightful in that sense. So Kelly is our protagonist and her brother gary has triplets and in this scene that's near the beginning of the book kelly has just had a horrific date uh where she literally ran out on him and was like i should go to the bathroom and then just went home um and he caught her so it made it even more awkward so she's like dead she's just like r.i.p whoever i am The next day, Kelly was actually glad to be spending her Sunday morning at Gary's small stucco house in Santa Clara babysitting her nieces. She needed a task that kept her mind from drifting to other things. Not that she didn't have fun spending time with her nieces, but she got it when her brother called these few hours, called these few hours spent running to Costco and to the dermatologist to get his plantar warts removed his me time. Playing baby Einstein games with the girls while their father was on hand to swoop in at the first signal of a potty training disaster was a whole different experience than being alone with them for four hours, the only thing standing between them and the kitchen knives. Now, Gary was due home any minute and Kelly was exhausted. So I'm just going to skip ahead. They're like, she's playing with them, blah, 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 because she's an aunt who's also an engineer. She got them these like little logo, like Lego robot things. Uh, Anyways, one of the kids darts out. Uh, she gives chase and emerges into the entryway to see Gary coming through the front door. A Costco box in one arm, he easily scooped Emma up in the other, just in time to keep her from making her grand escape into the street. Hi, Emma. Nice fashion statement, he said. She's totally naked. I swear she was just clothed, Kelly panted. Where are Bertie and Hazel? In the living room. Or at least they were 20 seconds ago, so by now they might be on Jupiter. Do you have any more boxes in the car for me to grab? She accepted the keys Gary tossed at her with some relief as he walked calmly into the living room, bouncing Emma gently on his arm. As Kelly and Gary put the groceries away, the girls happily comparing the animal crackers from the boxes they had pulled from the Costco boxes, she regaled him with the story of last night's disastrous date with Martin. It was a little easier to laugh at after a decent night's sleep. Mom is going to kill me, she sighed, rearranging the produce in the fridge. Uh, just maim? Probably? Gary replied. If I show up at that wedding without a date, she will lose her mind. She'll sell me to some other family on the black market." Uh, Not sure there are too many couples out there looking to buy a 29 year old child, but it could happen. Don't you have a single guy friend you could set me up with? Kelly pleaded, turning to look at her brother. Single guy friends? Kelly, my entire life is spent between preschool, mommy and me, and these four walls. He gestured around the house. I murmur Nickelodeon theme songs in my sleep. I know the origin story of flipping Caillou. What about (laughs) any of that makes you think I have single guy friends? He put a bag of oats in a cabinet, then turned around. Although, there is this one guy, he said slowly. Who? As long as he's free on March 17th, I'll take him. No, Gary shook his head, thinking, it's not going to work. Why not? Is he married? Is he a felon? We don't let that, we're not going to let that come between us. He's too similar to your exes, Robbie and, uh, what was that guy's name from college? The one who didn't want you to meet his parents until after you'd gotten your teeth whitened? Nick? So? It sounds like your guy, your friend is exactly my type, Kelly responded. Yeah, that's the problem. Your type is not working. It was true that Kelly's relationship history read like a warning label for women everywhere. Both Robbie and Nick, the college class president with the gargantuan list of extracurriculars, had looked good to Kelly on paper, but made her feel bad about herself in real life. Spotted in between were a few short-lived flings, if flings can describe a series of dignified lunch appointments with coders who ended each date with a hug as tentative as if she were an electric fence. You ended up miserable both times, Kerry went on. I want you to have something better, not the same thing all over again. It's not a good match. He broke down the boxes and stacked them by the recycling bin. Thanks for helping out today. I'm a new man without that wart. Ugh. Yeah, sure, Kelly said with a slightly deflated feeling that she was being dismissed. On the ride home, she couldn't help but wonder if she had just sealed her own doom again. She was sure that Gary was genuine about wanting the best for her, but she questioned if hearing about her behavior on the date with Martin made him reluctant to burden any of his friends with her company. She already knew she was a mess. But was she that much of a mess that her own brother couldn't recommend her? As she pulled into the parking garage beneath her building and shut off the engine, she wondered grimly, is Caillou single? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I know how much you fucking hate Caillou, which is why I chose that excerpt.
0: (laughs) That was good.
1: Uh, I loved it because I was like, totally not expecting it. You know what I mean? Like in any <laughs> other rom-com it would have been like, she wondered like if it was like sex in the city where like Carrie's doing the voiceover, I'd be like, and she wondered what about Robbie? No. <laughs> fucking is are you single? And I was like, that's a fucking great line. Yeah. Nice. So if you were looking, honestly, I would say this book is ideal as a beach read. Like if you're going on yeah. vacation, you're going on the beach and you just want to read something and just like have a couple laughs um, it's, I highly recommend the plus one by uh, Sarah Archer. But if you're looking for spice, you'll have to look somewhere else. Nice. Yeah. So what uh, what are we doing next week, Renee? It's International Women's Day, Julie. Hells yeah, baby. So March 8th is International Women's Day. If you didn't know that, now you do. And so every year on International Women's Day, we read anything basically women-related <laughs> I tend to pick queer books on International Women's Day, but I have... And I try to pick iconic books, Julie. Yes, I know you do. Uh, can yeah. I just give everyone a little bit of a teaser for my book?
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: So here at Ravage Love, we sometimes get advanced reader copies of books that are coming out. And the book I have for next week is exactly that. It is an arc Ooh. of a book that only drops in April. And it's queer YA. What? So that's what I'm gonna be reading next week. And this book doesn't even come out until April. So we will give you a sneak peek of Ooh, sneaky sneaky. Uh, Cause we're sneaky. Sneaky peats up here on the Ravage Love. Yeah, so again, make sure you follow us on the socials, Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be um, doing some more giveaways this year. We're going to find yeah. a way in which you can get copies of the books that we've read. All kinds of cool stuff. So make sure you follow us there. Also, because Renee manages our Instagram and it is hilarious. So Thank you. in these different times, we are, we're three
0: followers away from 300.
1: Oh, my God. If you're listening to this right now and you're not following us, what are you doing with your life? Come yeah, on. Life. We got to find three people. Well,
0: two <gasps> we need two. two
1: all right you heard it here first follow us ravage love at ravage love on both twitter and instagram it was yes. really nice chatting with you renee oh my god it's always my greatest pleasure to hear
0: your lovely voice same z's you know what i passed a fabric land this week you know what you <gasps> was your beautiful singing voice <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna do your thing sure do Ravage Love. Ravage Love! Secret, secret. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS The Number Two J Show. Connect with us online at ravagelove on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.